Transform your business with Microsoft Azure, the one-stop shop for everything cloud and AI. With Azure Migrate and Modernize, move your existing workloads to Azure with ease. With Azure Innovate, build new solutions with focused and deep engagement. Their core offerings provide comprehensive resources, expert assistance, and cost optimization tools. Accelerate your cloud journey and stay ahead of the competition with Microsoft Azure. Visit aka.ms slash Azure Hero Offerings to learn more. That's aka.ms slash Azure Hero Offerings to learn more. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, WebYarn. Welcome back to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And it is Aaron for Cloud News. And yes, I'm bringing back Cloud News, at least for this week, because it's a little crazy out there right now. In case you haven't been following along, we put one or two links in the show notes. But OpenAI, the board, pushes out Sam Altman. Sam Altman goes and works for Microsoft, maybe. Then the employees revolt and want to push the board out. And OpenAI maybe merges with Anthropic. And then... They name another CEO, and then they name another CEO, and now that CEO, as of this recording, has threatened to quit. And who knows what else is going to happen. Brian and I will probably do a breakdown show sometime here in the near future about it, but it almost feels like it's too early because by the time we publish something on this, it'll be outdated. But I feel like we had to talk about it this week. So that's certainly one thing that's going on. Another um, kind of two other big things going on, Meta disbanded their responsible AI team. No real reasons were given, and they haven't really talked about it, but they have confirmed that the members of the responsible AI team have been moved to other projects. So that's one big bit of news as well. And then lastly, Google has finally confirmed that they've delayed Gemini, the next generation of their AI model that was going to be the update to BARD. Uh, it was going to come out in November. It is now almost the end of November, and they are finally uh, throwing in the towel and saying, yes, it's probably going to be early 2024 before they'll be able to release it. So that's just a quick speed round of cloud news and just wanted to point that out to everyone very quickly. And what we're going to do is coming up after the break, we've got a fantastic guest. We're going to be talking to Elliot Clark, CEO and founder over at Batteries Included. But we're going to be talking uh, a little bit of history here of what it was like building platform engineering at a fang company. And we're going to be talking all about that coming up right after the break. Are you getting pressure from finance to justify or reduce your cloud bill? CloudZero is the only cloud cost platform loved by engineers and trusted by finance. CloudZero can identify unused, idle, or over-provisioned resources, alert you to spend anomalies, and organize 100% of your spend into a framework that mirrors your business structure, like cost per customer, product feature, or team. It's the most powerful platform ever built to provide accurate, granular visibility into your total cloud spend without the typical pitfalls of legacy cloud cost management tools, like endless tagging or clunky Kubernetes support. Manage cost, optimize development, and maximize profit, all in one platform. Join companies like Rapid7, Drift, and SeatGeek by visiting cloudzero.com slash cloudcast to get started. That's cloudzero.com slash cloudcast. Visit today to experience immediate and ongoing savings on your cloud bill. 
Today's show is sponsored by Datadog, a scalable, full-stack monitoring platform. Datadog's synthetic monitoring enables you to detect front-end errors and performance errors by analyzing user sessions and receiving actionable alerts. API tests help you detect and debug user-facing issues in critical endpoints and applications. Build and deploy self-maintaining browser tests to simulate user journeys from global locations. Start proactively monitoring your user experience today with a free 14-day trial of Datadog by visiting datadog.com slash frontend dash cloudcast. That's datadog.com slash frontend dash cloudcast. And we're back, and uh, we have a really fantastic topic for this week. And as many folks know, we've been talking about platform engineering and internal developer portals and some of these things off and on uh, throughout the year. But our guest today really has a fascinating take on all of this and and kind of did all of this before it even had a name. <laughs> and so please welcome to the show, Elliot Clark, CEO and founder at Batteries Included. So Elliot, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the uh, very warm, warm intro. Absolutely. So you have some great experiences, as I mentioned, both at Cloudera and at Meta and Facebook, where... You really like started really shaping things with when it comes to platforms and and building things at scale. And then you moved out to really start your own thing at Batteries Included. So give everyone just a real quick background, please. Uh, sure. So I guess I've I've been all around is the the re- really quick. Um but I've at Cloudera, I did um, HBase, which was an open source uh, big data database, and then that was actually the first thing I did at Meta and Facebook. But from there, kind of transitioned, and um, Facebook's a really nice place. It allows you to move around, and so I got to see kind of the the hardest and most interesting problems, and I. I developed a, a habit of running towards the fires and the most interesting problems. Uh, and so I ended up doing um, dev tools, dev infrastructure testing, uh, performance security testing, um, and then doing kind of an internal developer platform with that for um, ads. And then by the end, I was on a team called Ads Foundation, which were the um, the old graybeards who still ran towards fires. I guess we were the... Um, the people who were there to help the developers when their when their hour of need came, or when the project that the developers were uh, about to push out the door was was having problems that would lose money, and so I kind of got to see all of the all of the sides of developers, good good and bad, and what helps, what doesn't, what what keeps the uh, the money flowing, and what stops everything and makes it come crashing down. Yeah, and I, especially being on, I guess the the ads side, it's always good being on the revenue generating <laughs> side of the business, if you will. Um, so, Elliot, let me ask you this: so you were building, as I mentioned, you know, developer platforms. We now, you know, kind of have coined this term IDPs, as well as doing platform engineering before it was cool, before it even had a name. But tell everyone a little bit about, um, you know, how this need came to be at Meta and Facebook and and this kind of growing of the infrastructure. And then we'll get a little bit more into the origin story of the platforms themselves. But tell everyone a little bit about what it it, it evolved, if you will. Sure, sure. Um, so 
Facebook or now Meta is is a very organic growing place. So all of the teams they they kind of generate from ground up need. And Facebook has for for better or worse a mono repo. So one one giant repository with everything from the web to back end to all of it. And as you add more and more developers to this interconnected web of distributed systems, front end, back end, you still have to hold the quality bar, but you have a lot of people who don't know the impacts of the systems that they're changing. And so you start having these problems of how do developers work with the performance tests from systems they don't know? How do they make sure that a change to C++ is not going to break the JavaScript compilation? And all of these things become a much more interesting problem as you kind of scale and grow if you're touching everything every time you change. And so that kind of was it. And then from there, each of the different teams grew their own developer platforms until we found the the patterns that worked and then brought those together into unified ones and said, Hey, here are the ones that we found did well. There are the things that you don't do here, are the ways that you can do testing. Here's the way you can do monitoring, alerting, availability, that kind of stuff was, uh, was, was hard learned, hard earned, but, um, a lot of fun, I guess. <laughs> well, and so let me ask you a little bit about the culture behind that then, because, when you talk about, um, you know, all of these different platforms and then almost building a, you know, the, the one platform, if you will, or, or maybe consolidating down into maybe not one, but a, a limited set of platforms. A lot of times you get a lot of opinions and you get a lot of developers that are, well, I want to do it this way with my tools. And culturally, how did something like that work? Was it just it grew organically and, and because this was success, successful, people were willing to move from one set to another set or how did that work? The, the answer is kind of, it, it depends. Um, so Facebook has, has changed a lot, right? So companies, they, they change themselves, their skin every five, five or so years. So I was there for seven and a half years. So the how it worked and how that kind of process worked changed dramatically from start to finish. But for the most part, yeah, it's um, Facebook's a place where the code win wins arguments. If you built a better mousetrap, the the developers of Facebook would follow you, um, which which kind of led led to a lot of internal. Testing a lot of yeah, we think we have the better answer. Okay, go go build it, and if you actually do, then then we'll vote with our feet. And let, let, I'm sure there's lots of lessons learned, but is there anything you would have done differently, or the groups or organizations you were in would have done differently? Hindsight being 2020. Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest insights that I've had, uh, I kind of got later in at Facebook. Um, when I joined the ads foundation team, that was actually part of production engineering, which is Facebook's equivalent of like Google's SRE SROs. Um, and they have a model where they go embed 
with different teams. And I think that's one thing that I really saw and wish we would have done more with developer platforms. This whole, if I build a tool and then just throw it over the wall, it doesn't work very high percentage, right? But what does work is sending people to go understand the problem and then build themselves out of a job. And so being able to have the, the camaraderie that you're actually there, that part of it before you throw the tool and say, here's what solves the problem was just so, so helpful. And learning that later, I think would have, would have made our first few tries at developer platforms much better. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, let me kind of relate this back out to, you know, we have a lot of architects and, and admins that listen to this and a lot of practitioners. And I, I feel like there's been many mixed stories and kind of the pendulum swings back and forth um, in our industry over, we always hear stories about the, you know, the big fag companies and how they do it and they, how they operate at scale and how everything is just done so differently. Some folks say, absolutely, we have to do that because then we know it's scale and it's going to be a good idea. And other folks will say, no, it's maybe not as something because it might be too complex or it might not be as repeatable or we're not one of those companies. And so, you know, I think the answer is probably, hey, there's a middle ground in there somewhere. But but what is your thoughts on having lived it and then having lived outside of it? Do we need that level of complexity? Is that a good model? What's your thoughts? For the most part, no, you don't need that level of complexity. Um, but like you were saying, there's absolutely a middle ground. Um, I think there are a lot of great lessons to take from the fangs of the world and their and their platforms. Right? I think the one of the things I'm really trying to take at Batteries Included is just the power of a great infrastructure team. But the 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 tend is or the tendency is to take that scaling problem and say that's going to be my problem. In reality, the great infrastructure teams didn't take scaling; they took what does my business need, and I'm going to solve that problem, and just took the next one up, the next one up, the next one up. Sometimes that was scaling. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was super complex problems. Other times it was laser focused on one specific problem. And we have a tendency to talk about the giant scaling problems and not the other ones because they're so sexy and cool to talk about. But the other ones were just as much a part of growing Facebook or I'm sure growing Google or the rest of them. We just didn't hear those stories as much. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I completely agree when you, when you talk about focusing on the, on the scaling, I, you know, if somebody says, what do those architectures look like? I think everyone, their immediate impression is massive scale um, and being able to solve for massive scale. But most folks aren't going to be massive scale. No. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about platform engineering a little bit more than, and, and these internal developer platforms, like what is mm -hmm. your thoughts on both current and future state, right? So you kind of lived through all of it when it was just forming, um, as something that even had a name, but yep. 
where are we at today? Where do you think this is going? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's, it's tending to this place of automation, right? So the modern development stack is super complex, right? It starts with, you've got distributed databases that then need to talk or need to be run in your container orchestration that then are talking to your serverless web and your, you know, all the monitoring and alerting that has to come with that. And like, at that point, you're already talking very complex and th- stuff that you just can't roll them all around in your head easily. And then at Facebook, I got to see what is coming, right? The machine learnings of the world, that everything you're doing is suddenly going to have a neural net attached to it, which makes all of this a little more interesting. And so I think it's really tending to a place where we have to make it so that developers can can stop worrying, right? They they don't have to know the details. It's not another domain-specific language. It's not another, oh, if you just had run this command line tool versus that one, it really needs to be this area is so automated that the developers stop thinking about it so that those people who don't care about the databases of the world, they can literally stop caring about them rather than we tell them they can stop. But the tools that we give them still push those problems to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also too, I, I like when you, you mentioned uh, like this, this script versus that script or this tool versus that tool, because it always seems like there's this tension between being in on the operation side, being prescriptive and automated and repeatable or, you know, basically having an opinionated stack or an opinionated toolbox versus on the developer side, wanting to use the tools that they know, the tools they love, the tools that they've, you know, been successful with. Um, But also too, like there's, you know, locked into certain versions or certain libraries or other things like that. Yeah. You can really like build this to be super, super prescriptive, but also maybe serve a limited use case. And then the the developer portal or the developer tools don't get a lot of adoption or you can go too far the other way. Right. So what is your thoughts on how to maintain that balance? For me, the balance is, is all about how hard you make it to say no versus the benefit that you're bringing. Right. So if you have a platform that brings a lot of benefit, then it, it's easy to show why people should should take you. Um, on the same side, it's also easier to get people to uh, adopt your platform or to almost wholesale adopt your platform if you saying no for one small part isn't a deal breaker. Right. So if you balance those two things, I think you end up, you can end up with a place that's flexible enough, but also has a good trade-off. That's a very hard balance though. And I think that the, the containerization of the worlds has made that easier, has made that kind of the delineation of where you can say yes or no easier and better, but that still is a, it's a trade-off that comes at every one of these platforms. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And to also maybe dig into 
the details of a stack? Because I kind of think like sometimes we talk about some of these developer platforms, it gets a little nebulous. And you talked about, you know, making sure there's value for the developers there. So I'll use the the toolbox uh, Mm -hmm. analogy for a second, right? What tools are in the toolbox that developers care about? Well, you know, what needs to be there? And what are the things that at least, you know, the operations folks might value, but the developers don't necessarily care about, and they don't care if they're in the toolbox. Yeah. Uh, so the, for the developers, I think it's it's all about giving them fast time to iteration, right? You want to you wanna give them all of the things they're asking for without ever telling them they need to wait, or here's the friction. Um, so... That changes depending on who your developers are, right? The the web developers of the world want a Heroku like I get push my web node app and in the morning it just is deployed for me. Um for the mobile developers of the world, it looks very different, right? They want to compile and test on their um, simulators and make sure that all of those emulators have given them a green check before they're pushing it to to the app world, the app stores of the world. Um, right, and so you have to kind of find, find what your developer is and make sure you're giving them the correct set of tools, right? It's not one, here are the tools, it's for the business need that's coming, what are the set of tools and make sure that toolbox has. And so you need to continually be growing your toolbox to give to those developers. And then I think that um, for the operations folks, the the biggest thing that you can give them is just information. Give them the histories, give them what happened, when it happened, bring multiple different histories together, bring them the, here's the chart history, here's the timeline of when people press different buttons on each of the different apps, changing the things. If you bring all of that information together that you have from having your platform and having all of the tools been built in together, that's when the the real synergy and the real power comes when you're given the right tools to the developers and then the operations people come to you and say, Oh, because you gave them the tools, you can answer my questions about new information while the systems are down or broken or not going as fast or whatever have you. Fantastic. Thank you for that. So final topic. Um, Let me ask you a little bit about open source, right? So Many listeners have heard about Backstage, CNCF project, and we've even talked about it on the show before. But but when it comes to platform engineering, what are your thoughts on building around OSS platforms and, and your past experience on it? And tell everyone a little bit about you know pros and cons of that as well. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of open source. I think open source is... Um, it's just so powerful to bring a bunch of developers that all are passionate about a problem and say, Hey, let's, let's go build a thing. And it's so hard to, to beat developers in the long run. So I think open source projects are, are amazing for that. But for, for platforms, I think they have, they struggle a little bit in that open source never, 
never winnows down your choices. It never it never makes the next set of problems easier to choose. And that when it comes to a platform is is something you end up doing. You need to say, hey, here are the two best things that I can support. And open source just isn't equipped to do that. That's not something the community does well. That's not something if you brought a disparate bunch of people together and said all of your opinions are equal, that they're then going to have an easy time choosing the the two to set forth as the correct ones. Um, so I think it's it's all about using the open source community to um, to build the tools that you don't need a opinion on, and then sometimes your opinion needs to just be your opinion. You need to go off and and try it, and sometimes that's not open source. But um, whenever possible, the community is just so powerful that helping them and betting with them is just the correct way to go. Yeah, that's good. That's a great, great point. Absolutely. And I, I think that's probably actually a good way to uh, close out the show for this week as well. So Elliot, if anyone wanted to find out more about you or batteries included, uh, where should everyone go? Well, uh, we have a website, uh, batteries, and you can email me Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-T at, batteriesincl.com and uh, find out more about our platform. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Elliot. And everyone out there, thank you very much for listening this week. And if you could do us a favor with the community building, if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend. Please leave us a review. If you can leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And on behalf of Brian, who wasn't able to make it this week, thank you, everyone, for your time. And we will talk to everyone next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 